Hey guys, I want to thank you so much for joining us for one, another one of our Wednesday devotionals. And if you're listening to the podcast, thank you so much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Make sure you like and share it. Let other people know about it so hopefully they can be blessed by these as well. So today I want to continue talking about what I've been hitting on when it comes to overcoming temptation in our life. You know, the last two podcasts, if you haven't listened to them, I want to encourage you to go back and please listen to them. The first one was understanding how Satan will tempt us by getting us to doubt the word of God. The second one was on overcoming discontentment because he'll use discontentment to bring temptation into our life. And the last one I want to focus on today, we can see also in Genesis chapter 3, because that's where I like to start. You know, we know in Genesis chapter 3, that's where the first temptation came, first form of temptation written in the Bible. And I want to go and look at that and see what Satan did to tempt Eve to fall into sin in the Garden of Eden. So let's take a look here at Genesis 3, 6. And it says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she gave to her husband with her and he ate. So I want to stop there and look at verse six specifically. There were three things mentioned in that part of the Bible. It says, so when the woman saw the tree was good for food. So that's the first one, good for food. Second, that it was pleasant to the eyes. And the third, that it was desirable to make one wise. So these are three, three key areas that Satan will use when it comes to temptation. It feels good to the body. It feels good to your emotions. It fears, feels good to the flesh. Number two, it's appealing to the eyes. It looks good. And number three, it'll appease your ego. It pricks pride. Those are the three main areas Satan will use to tempt people. You know, 1 John, if we go to 1 John, it, even, it lays it out even more clearly than uh, what we can see in Genesis. So we're going to go to 1 John 2.15. So 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. And it says, Do not love the world or the things of the world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, here it is listed out right here, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. So those are the three areas that Satan will tempt us in. The desires of the flesh, because it looked good for the body. The desires of the eyes, because it looked pleasing to the eyes. And the pride of life because it, she thought that it would make one wise. All three of those things are different areas that Satan will tempt us in and will lead us into temptation if we allow him to and don't recognize these signs and don't recognize these tools that he uses. But if we can recognize them, we can say, ha ha, you know, like I see what you're trying to do there. Like it ain't gonna happen today, you know, not today, Satan, you know, you're not gonna trick me today, Satan. Say, I, I, I see your tricks. I know what the Bible says. I know who the Holy Spirit says, and I don't have to fall for your tricks because I'm set free from all of that. So the first one I want to hit on is the lust of the flesh. What is that? What's the lust of the flesh? Lust of the flesh is any carnal or physical desire. 
This is something you feel as if you cannot live without. And you know, this can come in forms all different types of things. You know, in the examples, if we look at Genesis and even in Matthew, when Satan tempted Jesus, he tempted him with the food as well. He tempted Eve with food and he tempted Jesus with food. We can see in Matthew where he said, why don't you turn these stones into bread? Why? Because food satisfies the flesh. It satisfies hunger. And I'm not saying like, food, don't eat food. It's horrible to eat food. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying food, you know, food is something that's natural. It satisfies the hunger of the body. However, you know, food itself is not a bad thing, but food unchecked will destroy you. You know, it's, it's something that the Bible talks about. It warns about. Some people even, you know, gluttony is one of the seven deadly sins. It's something that can destroy you. It causes all sorts of health problems if you overeat and you don't take care of yourself. So the Bible, you know, that's, that's, one of, that's just one example of a type of desire or physical temptation that might come to the carnal or physical desire, something that feels good to the body. So it's basically anything you feel as if you cannot live without. And this, this can be with other desires of the flesh from any kinds of addictions, you know, alcohol, drugs, anything. It doesn't even have to be like a serious addiction. Anything you feel like you cannot live without can become a source of temptation. If you don't check yourself, if you don't guard yourself, if you don't look over and say, okay, how bad does this rule my life? You know, the lust of the flesh is a physical drive from your natural body. Like having to eat, for example, is a physical drive from your natural body. If you don't eat food, you get hungry, your stomach growls, it puts up a fit, it'll start hurting. You know, sometimes people get angry or they don't have a lot of energy, it affects their mood because it's a natural thing that the flesh desires. And it's the same way with any other types of addictions or any other things It makes you grumpy, it affects your mood, you feel like you can't live without it, but in actuality, you can. I mean, food, you can go a max of 40 days without eating and be fine before you have any negative effects on your body. And that's something like people are like, what, 40, what, how long, what? You know, because some people can't even go a day without food. They feel if they go one day without food, they're going to die. If I don't get my, you know, three meals a day, I'm going to die. No, 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 you're not. You're actually going to be perfectly fine. In fact, it's actually healthy for people to do intermittent fasting, to take a couple days, you know, a week or a couple days a month and not eat food. It's, it's healthy for your body. It cleanses your body. It gets rid of toxins from your body. You know, it, it's, that's just natural, natural aspect of it, let alone the physical things if you do decide to fast. So we've got to understand that we cannot let our body rule our life. You can't do it. You can't let your natural desires, the desires of the flesh, your natural body tendencies to rule your life. We've got to let Jesus and the word rule our life. So the lust of the flesh is a physical drive from our body or emotions and that if it goes unchecked and lacks discipline to put under. So we've got to make sure we don't allow it to go unchecked and we've got to make sure we have the discipline to put it under so it doesn't rule ourselves. And the best way to overcome these kinds of temptation is through prayer and fasting. Because fasting is a natural way to subdue the desires of the body while prayer strengthens your spirit man to overcome it. 
So it works together. Because when you begin to fast, you get tired, you get weaker, you're subduing the body, you're putting it under subjection. And while you're praying, while you're fasting, you're building up your spirit, man. You're encouraging yourself in the Lord. You're building up your faith so that you can overcome those types of temptations. So don't let your body rule your life. Let the word of God rule your life and develop the discipline to put it under. And the discipline to say, no body, I'm not ruled by you. I'm not ruled by my natural desires. I'm not ruled by my emotions, but I am ruled and governed by the word of God. So the next thing that they looked at was the lust of the eyes. And we can see this in both Genesis 3, 6, when Satan tempted Eve, because it said that she saw that it looked good. In verse 6, it was pleasant to the eyes. And if you go into Matthew, when, when Satan tempted Jesus, it says he took Jesus up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor and all these great things, you know, and said, if you just bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this to appeal to the lust of the eye or the eyes. Just show him something that looked really good. Show him something that just looked amazing. He felt like he had to have it. So we've got to, you know, even commercials, you'll see commercials do this on TV. A lot of times they'll try to show you something that looks real nice. They have the pictures up there. If you actually go and watch, you know, videos of what they do to the food to make it look better for the camera, a lot of the stuff they do isn't even edible. Like I saw for one example, when they have these pies, instead of putting whipped cream on top of it, they put shaving cream because the shaving cream doesn't melt when the heat hits it. So it's, you know, you <laughs> that pie you're gonna get a mouthful of shaving cream it might look good but boy it ain't gonna taste good and it's the same way you know with how satan will do things he'll make it look pretty it might look good but then when you actually go and get it you're like oh this is not what i expected you know this is way bad this is disgusting or you'll see you know a commercial on tv and the, the commercial makes the product look great, but then you actually get the product in real life and you're like, well, this sucks. Like this is nothing what it looked like on the commercial. And Satan's really good at doing that. He's really good at making sin look good. But then when you actually partake of it, you're like, oh, this was bad. You know, like this is not good. This is not what I expected. You know, and he's, he does that. So we've got to make sure we don't allow the lust of the eyes. We don't allow them to deceive us. We don't allow it to create jealousy. We don't allow it to create envy. You know, you see something and you want it. But if you had, if you never saw it, you'd have no desire for it. And we can see how David fell into this temptation in 2 Samuel because he was sitting on the balcony of his, his palace and he looks out and he sees a, a, another one of his soldiers' wives, he sees her out bathing in her, in her house. She's out bathing in her backyard or something. And he sees her from his balcony and it created lust in him. So then he went and he, 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 he had her, he brought her in, you know, was intimate with her, got her pregnant. Then he ended up murdering the, her husband because he didn't want him to find out what he had done. And it just led to like a string of events until, you know, a prophet came and called him out and he repented for it. But you see, we've got to, to see how the eyes, that was the lust of the eyes that led him into all that mess. 
because he, he, he thought about it. You know, if you see something, you know, sometimes you can't always control what you see, especially if you're on social media or your phone and you're just minding your own business and wham, something pops up unexpectedly, you know, like, oh God, I don't wanna look at that. So that's what you, you just get rid of it. Throw it away real quick because Satan's going to try to tempt you if he can tempt you. He's going to try to throw things your way. He's going to try to, you know, say, hey, look at this. Look over here. Look at this. And, you know, especially if you're living out in the world, some things are just blatantly right out there. <laughs> you can try, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to see that, but it's right there. So we've got to make sure you look away, you know, close your eyes, look away, look the other direction, put your head down. Be like, oh, I don't need to see that, you know, guard your eyes. That's, how, that's the way you do it. And don't think on it and don't meditate on it. You know, a lot of times if we see something, so we, we see it and we're like, okay. And then you start looking at it in your head and visualizing it in your head over and over. And you might take it a step farther and a step farther. And you're thinking about it all in your head. And then it takes birth in your heart until you actually do it. So, you know, if you do see something, if something does pop up, you know, just just swipe it away, get rid of it, put it, you know, put whatever device you're on, put it down, get away from you and start meditating on the word of God. Change your thought focus so those, what you saw doesn't begin to, you know, take place in your mind and fill your mind with all kinds of things when you start dwelling on it and start thinking on it and, you know, just get, just say, nope, that's not for me. You know, close your eyes, look away, swipe the image away or whatever and then start focusing on the Word of God. You know, if you need to pick up your Bible and just start reading it, just pick up your Bible and start reading it, or just worshiping or praising God or praying in your prayer language. Any of those things will help you so you can overcome that temptation and you, you, know, you can get that image out of your head and you can move on. So don't allow that, focus on the Word. The last one I wanna focus on is the pride of life. Because we can see that was the last thing he tempted it with. It says he had appeased their ego. And, you know, we can see how Satan did this with Jesus. When, when he came to tempt Jesus, he said, well, if you really are the son of God, what was that? That was appealing to his ego. You know, that's like saying, well, if you really are the son of God, if you really are Jesus, you could be able to do this. You know, it's like he was appealing to Jesus's pride, you know, like, well, prove it to me, prove it to me, you know. And we've got to make sure that we watch out for that. This, this can be a huge, huge snare for all types of people. You know, this is when I've got to make sure I watch myself with, with, is with pride. And sometimes pride is very subtle. And sometimes we don't even realize we're in pride until, you know, later somebody calls us out on it or the Holy Spirit reveals it to us through reading the word. And we see things in ourselves are like, oh, I didn't know that was there. And then we've got to put it under. We've got to humble ourselves. So pride is anything that has to do with your, our ego. And pride has many forms, but it's always centered on one big thing. I, me, 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 I, 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 me, 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 I, I, I. If that is the majority of your thoughts, if that is how you're looking at things, well, I don't deserve to be treated this way. I deserve to have this. This shouldn't have happened to me. You know, and it's all me, 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 I, I, I. That's some pride. And we've got to make sure we recognize that so that we can put it over. And the only way to, to overcome pride is by humbling ourselves. You know, the Bible tells us to humble ourselves, to put the flesh under, to put pride under, to realize it, to see it and say, oh, I don't want that, Lord God, I'm sorry. I repent for that area of pride in my life. Help me overcome it. Help me change my thinking because I don't want anything to do with that. And we have to put it under. 
But the common denominator between all sin, every form of sin, you know, all the ones that I mentioned the, uh, in the last podcast, the one today, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, all originate around one thing, and that is self. All pride, all temptation has the root source of self or selfishness or selfish desires. All sin originates with the flesh or with self. So that's why it's so important that we humble ourselves, we crucify the flesh and put God's will above our own. Because if we can do that, then we can rise above temptation in our life and we can walk in victory over all the things the devil tries to throw our way. So again, I really hope this helped encourage you guys. I hope to, you know, give you some new tools in your arsenal so you can see how Satan tries to move, how he tries to lead you in temptation so that when temptation arises, you are better equipped to fight it off and to not give in to it. Again, thank you so much for listening today and God bless you.